Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and it is a joy to be with you this morning. If this is your first time listening to the Activate Podcast, you can catch up on uh, episodes that I've done in the past by looking at iTunes or SoundCloud.com, searching for Activate Jillian Pelkey. All right, so let's bow our hearts and our heads together and let's go before the Lord and then we'll get right into the word of God together for today. Dear Jesus, God, if you don't show up, God, if you don't move, then all of our lives are... are are just in our own strength. And God, beyond anything else, we want your heart. We want you to move. We want to hear your voice. And so God, I pray that in the next few moments, in the next few minutes, that God, you would speak through me, but God, you would soften every heart that is listening. God, open us up to whatever you have for us. And God, I know that I might say a certain sentence, but God, you might translate that into our hearts in a different way. And so God, whatever way you want to speak to us, in the next uh, few moments, God, I pray that we would be open to hearing your spirit. We would be open to hearing whatever you have for us. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit leading us into all the truth and all that we need to know. And so, God, we give you these next few moments, and we ask that you would speak into our hearts and into our lives. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, here we are. Uh, I have been doing the Activate podcast for a while now, and I have done it uh, systematically every single Tuesday. And the Lord has really led me to that. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, the Lord has really been just changing a few things in my personal life. And I just want to share with you guys um, a, a few changes. And I think that the Lord likes to change things up so that we don't get prideful. He likes to change things up so that we don't get into such a routine that we think that, oh, God has to work this way. And uh, that's what's been going on with me. And the Lord has been challenging me to make some changes um, in in the different days of the week that I do things, in the different times that I spend in His presence. And for the last year, I've taken one day a week, which was Mondays, and I would go away and be with Jesus and spend time in his presence and spend time listening to what he would say to me. And they they were just magical, amazing days that I was spending with God. And recently, the Lord has uh, challenged me and directed me to uh, take those days and take Monday and just spread it out over every single day. So I'm taking chunks of time every day to spend in the presence of God and and not necessarily a whole Monday. And uh the same with my with the podcast here. I, I've been doing it systematically, and the Lord has really been cha- challenging my heart to do things a little differently. So if you don't see them consistently on Tuesday, um, I really appreciate all the phone calls, all the texts, all the messages asking, you know, when is the podcast coming up? Um, I don't really know what the consistent day is going to be right now. Um, so today it's getting uh, released on a Monday. We'll see about next week. I know that God is challenging me to open up uh, this microphone that I have to other preachers. And so um, I'm going to be sending out some emails and letters to people asking if they want to come and and preach on the podcast. So I'm hoping that you're going to hear some other voices and some other people that God has uh, given the gift of preaching to. And I really hope that this podcast, this podcast named Activate, will activate uh, preaching in other people's lives as well as, as, as for, my, <clears throat> for my own life. 
So if that's you and you really know that you have a gift to preach, that God has really gifted you in that way, uh, feel free to email me and um, I'm going to be setting up a schedule really soon of getting other people on on the podcast to, to preach and to share the word of God. All right, so we're going to turn this morning to the book of Genesis and chapter one, right in the beginning, and it's the account of creation, and it's super powerful to read, and I think that most every time that I've read it, you get something else out of it or a different angle, but here's what the Lord was speaking to me this week about Genesis chapter one. Now, when we think about Genesis chapter one, we have all of our our thoughts already of in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the whole thing, so here's some questions that come from Genesis chapter one. Does the spirit of God hover over me? In Genesis chapter one, it said that the the earth was formless, empty and dark. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now this is a complete, like um, a springboard here. To say, does God's spirit hover over me? But does God's spirit hover over you? Absolutely. Not only does God's spirit hover over you, but at your your conversion, at your moment of salvation, at your confession of faith in Jesus, uh, the Bible teaches us in the New Testament that the, the Holy Spirit of God not only hovers over us, but dwells inside of us. So the spirit of God who created the heavens and the earth, who separated light from darkness, who made animals and fish and birds and people, not only hovers over you, but lives inside of you. So let that sink in for just a moment. The Spirit of God, does the Spirit of God hover over you? The Spirit of God lives inside of you. The next question is, when God speaks over my life, what changes? So the Spirit of the living God who causes uh, vegetation to spring up, who causes fish to swim in the oceans and birds to fly in the air, that same Spirit lives inside of you. When it speaks, things happen. So when God speaks over my life, what changes? Does the Spirit of God hover over you? And when God speaks over your life, what changes? A word from God, things change. A word from God, things are set in motion. A word from God and our obedience begins a whole series of events that only God could orchestrate because He's supernatural. Does the Spirit of God hover over you? And when God speaks over your life, what changes? Are God's words good? Absolutely. We see in Genesis chapter one that God would, God's spirit was hovering over. He spoke things and they happened immediately. And he kept saying, and it is good. And he saw that it was good. God's words are good. Spirit hovers over you. He speaks into our lives and things changes and his words are good. So many times there's this theme and this thing running through my heart, that Jesus is the shepherd of my soul. The shepherd of my soul. Meaning he's watching out for my soul. I might be watching out for my bills. I might be watching out for my schedule. I might be watching out for, for this event or for that. I might be watching my Facebook. But God is shepherding my soul. He's watching out for something that, that is beyond what I can understand. He knows the intentions of my heart. He knows the intentions of the people around me's heart. He knows my lying down, my sitting up, my everything. All the days of my life are, 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 are ordained in his book. He knows them. And he is the shepherd of my soul. So when his spirit who lives in me is speaking, things change and his words are good. 
good. Does God keep speaking? Does he keep creating in my life? Is this a one and done kind of situation? Or is God continually, continually working in my life? He is continually working in my life. In Genesis chapter 2, it talks about this vast array of things that he has made. A vast array. Uh, a vast means an immense space. It means a great extent or quantity. And array, so this immense space. And array means an impressive display. An ordered series or arrangement. So the question here is, are you a vast array of God's creation? Are you ordered and arranged? Are you immense in purpose? Absolutely. You are an impressive display of God's creation. And you are an ordered series or arrangement. You are made on purpose. You are designed. There was a blueprint for your life. And when God spoke you into existence, it was on purpose. He created you. You are an impressive display. After God created all that he created, he rested from all his work. And there he put the man he had formed. Today I want to talk uh, on a subject that, that I've kind of labeled put and commanded. Put and commanded. Because when we talk about all these things and these little questions leading up to what we're about to talk about now, that God's spirit uh, is in us, that he speaks good words over us, that he shepherds our soul, that he keeps speaking in our lives, that when he speaks, things changes, change, that we are a vast array, all of those things. But now let's talk about this. So we look at the, the huge part of who God is, the design of who he is. Now I want to talk about these two things, put and commanded. Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden. Designed, filled with his spirit, or his spirit hovered over them, put right where they were supposed to be. You were put somewhere in life. You were put into a family. You were put into a, a Time in history. You were put right where you are. Let that sink in for a little bit. God put you somewhere. Just like he put Adam. Just like he put David. Just like he put Noah. Just like he put Miriam. Just like he put um, John the Baptist. Just like he put Peter. Just like he put uh, each Paul the Apostle. He put us all somewhere. Just like he put your pastor. Just like he put your mom. Just like he put your grandma. He put you somewhere. And he's commanded you certain things. You are put and you are commanded. With Adam and Eve, they were put in the garden and they were commanded not to eat the fruit of the, of the two trees in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the uh, tree of life. Put and commanded. You are created and you are put somewhere. And you're also commanded by God certain things. For Adam and Eve, they were, they were told not to eat from these trees. And then immediately the adversary came to say, who told you this? Is it really true? 
and they listen to the voice of someone other than God, other than their creator who, who designed them on purpose and put them somewhere and commanded them something on purpose because he was the shepherd of their soul. And the Lord says to Adam and Eve in chapter three of Genesis, he says, I put and commanded you. And now because of other voices, you are not doing what you were commanded to do. And therefore, you're not going to be able to stay put. Listen to that again. I put and commanded you. And now because of other voices, you are not doing what you were commanded. And therefore, I'm not going to let you stay put right here. Adam says, it's my wife's fault. I will say, it's my husband's fault. Other people will say, it's Satan's fault. It's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. Sin is crouching at our door. It desires to have us, but we must rule over it. We are put and commanded. And the question is, am I the ruler over sin or does sin rule over me? Am I able to do what God has commanded me to do? He put me right where I am and he's commanded me. Am I able to rule over the sin that that is so prevalent around me? Am I able to stay put and commanded? Am I able to rule over sin that comes knocking at my door, that comes crouching towards me? Did God really say? Consider right now where God has put you. The family he's put you in, the life he's put you in, the surroundings, the era of history that he has put you in in 2019, the people that he has around you that you have an influence over. And every single person has influence of, over other people. Our lives influence other people. Our, our lives are a blueprint of what God is doing. And so um, you, may not you may not have people that you are uh, directly discipling or people that are directly, quote unquote, under you, but there are people who are watching your life. There are people who are watching the major events in your life, and it may not be in the day-to-day, -day, but people are watching. Is God going to show up for you? Is God, are you going to continue to serve God all the days of your life? Are you going to be a person who follows after God? Are you that person that people know that you, you spend time with Jesus? People are watching our lives, sometimes from afar, sometimes really close up, and they live in our homes. But wherever you are, you are put on purpose, and you're commanded. And we have this ability in Genesis chapter 4. It says, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So this gives me the idea that I have this ability to rule over sin, to say, I am put here, commanded by God, and by his grace and through his power, sin has no hold on me. Who rules over you? God or sin? Who is the king of your life, God or sin? Are other voices ruling over me, making me not do what I'm commanded? And because Adam and because Eve did not do what God had commanded them, they didn't get to stay put in the garden. Our sin leads us to a different place. How can we overcome sin? 
It's by going back and realizing that God has the answers. It's going back that realizing that the Spirit of God lives inside of us. It's going back and realizing that when God speaks, I need to listen right away. It's going back and realizing that God's words over my life are good. The commands that he gives are for my good. They're not to harm me. They're not to make my life more difficult. They're to protect me. They're to move me in the direction that is godly, that is designed from the beginning of time for my life. Are God's words good? Yes. Then I will keep his commandments. Then I will keep what he's asked me to do because I know what he speaks over in my life is good. He speaks life and not death. God's words are life and not death. So if he has asked you to do something, it's for the team of life, not the team of death. And if I follow after what God has asked me to do, I'm going after team life. We know the verse that says that God des- desires to give us life abundantly. To give us life. But when we choose to not stay put and commanded, we're choosing our own way. We're saying, you know, God, God who created the heavens and the earth, God who uh, separated darkness from light, God who created me, who designed me, who, who put the blueprint out for my life that, that created me just this certain way, who put me in this time of history, that God, God, I think I know more than you. It's the pot looking up to the potter and saying, why did you create me this way? I think I should be used in this way instead of the way that you created me to be. It doesn't make sense when we take a step back and we look. We have to settle into the fact that he is the shepherd of our soul and that things may not look the way that we would have thought. Things may not look the way we would have designed it, but we're not the designer. We are the follower. He is the leader. And in all these ways that we want to be leaders and all the ways that we want to be in charge, he puts us, he commands us, he has the blueprint. We are followers of Jesus, Christ followers. We don't follow our our own desires. We don't follow our own feelings. We follow, God, you're going to bring life. God, you're the one that, that has the design. You are the shepherd of our soul. You want to put on an impressive display in my obedience. Catch that. God wants to put on an impressive display in your obedience. There are so many things that God has asked me to do in my life that don't make sense to me. But the, the looking back, oh, I see why God had me there. Oh, I see why God brought me through that. Oh, I see. I couldn't see before because it was supernatural. Joseph didn't see why he was sold into slavery. That did not make sense. That's not in a leadership book. There's no leadership book that tells you to get sold into slavery and to go work in servitude. There's no leadership book that says in jail, God will work things out in your life and in your heart that nowhere else can. But the way of God is to bring us places on purpose. He brought Joseph to Egypt so that he could save not only his family, but a nation. But he had to go through all these other things. David hiding in a cave. You are put and commanded on purpose. And so when you find yourself like Joseph in a pit, when you find yourself like Joseph in jail, when you find yourself like Joseph somewhere not desirable, know that you are put and commanded. And no matter where you find yourself, God put you there on purpose. And so God, what is it you are commanding me in this moment, in this season, in this place? Because when we look and we know that God's God's plan for our life is good, whether it be in jail or on a stage preaching, 
Either place, God is the same God. Either place, God loves me sufficiently. Either place, God loves me abundantly. Either place, God has a plan and I'll trust it. Because the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who formed all this is the shepherd of my soul. God's spirit doesn't just hover over me. God's spirit is in me. When God speaks over my life, things change. God's words are good. God keeps speaking. He keeps creating in my life. And God speaks life over me. I am a vast array, an immense display. An ordered series of events is in my life. And he's put me somewhere. And he's commanded me to do something. And he's commanded you to do something too. And so, our big question of the day is, are we staying put? Are we staying under his commandments? Or are we letting other voices make us stray from what God has commanded for us to do? Are we blaming other people? God, I can't do what you've asked me to do because of that guy or this girl or this person or this situation. The God, the creator of the universe is big enough to, to make a way where there is no way and there is no blame on someone else for me not doing what God has called me to do. I cannot blame my husband. Adam blamed his wife, but he had a choice whether or not to eat that apple or eat that piece of fruit. We don't know if it was an apple, but he had that choice. You have that choice. Will I follow God or will I follow someone else? I hope today that you would, would choose to rule over sin in your life. You would choose to rule over that thing that would speak against what God has called you to do. There is nothing impossible with God. And so wherever he has put you, it's on purpose. I think of the years that Joseph spent in jail. The years in, when he was in jail and he interpreted two dreams for the cupbearer and the baker. And then he said, don't forget me. When you leave this place, don't forget me. And I could imagine that that might be a glimmer of hope as he, he says, you know, you're, you're leaving prison. Don't forget me. And it was two years before they were the the cupbearer remembered him and he was brought to Pharaoh. Two years where he probably thought, finally, something's about to break. And I really believe that in your life and in some of the lives of people listening, that you feel like, oh, there's about I've been in jail for so long. It's been hard for so long. It's been ugly for so long. It's been not glamorous for so long. It's been so grueling and God has been working on my life and cutting things away and refining me. And I know that there's a there's a, a, a glimmer of hope. Something's going to change and it's going to get a little bit more peaceful and a little bit easier. But Joseph waited two more years. 365 days and then 365 days. Two Christmases. They didn't have Christmas back there. But you know what I mean? Two seasons, two birthdays, two years more of doing the same thing that seemed fruitless. Seemed ridiculous, seemed mundane, seemed lowly, was servitude, was not glamorous, was not freedom. And then just at the right time, God spoke and things changed. Joseph was brought up to Pharaoh. And in that simple day, one day, everything changed. You know, Billy Graham once said that if he could change anything about his ministry, it would be that he would go back and have more time in preparation. He wished that he could go back and prepare longer. And I think any person would say that. Could we just go back to when it was simpler and it was just me listening to God and preparing for what he had? 
And so if God has designed your life and he has you in a time of preparation, don't despise that. Sink into it. Enjoy it. Stay where you're put. Do what you're commanded. Stay where you're put. Do what you're commanded. Always sin is crouching at your door, desiring to have you, but you must rule over it by reminding yourself of the truth of the gospel. Reminding yourself of Genesis chapter 1, that God created all things, including you. That when God speaks, it's good. That God is still speaking. That he's still creating in your life. And he always speaks life and not death. He is the shepherd of your soul. So today, I hope that you're encouraged to stay put. To do what you're commanded. And to not let sin overtake what God has designed in your life. Because giving into sin will move us from where God has put us. And we almost have to start that whole season all over again. I trust that God has a great plan. No matter what it looks like in this moment, God has a great plan. He sees the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the perfecter of our faith. That means that he has a design for you. It doesn't come in a textbook. It comes from the heart of God, the shepherd of your soul. So I want to encourage you guys to just stop wherever you are and thank God for wherever he's put you. No matter how hard or how easy, how good or how bad it is, God, thank you for where you've put me. Help me to be listening to whatever you've commanded me to do. Help me not to blame other people but to walk in your ways because there's nothing impossible. What a great God. What a great start to the Bible in Genesis that the star of of creation talks about God's great design for us, his love for us, his goodness, his depth, his supernatural power, his vast array of, of expression, and gets right into Adam and Eve where he says, will you just stay put and do what I've commanded you? And through all of scripture, that's, that's the same theme. Stay put, do what I've commanded you. Cain and Abel, stay put, do what I commanded you. Joseph, stay put, do what I commanded you. David, stay put, do what I commanded you. And the overarching theme of love for us as people, as we continue to move away from staying put, as we continue to move away from doing what's been commanded of us and his vast love for us saying, I love you, I love you, I have a plan, I have a plan. And today God loves you and he has a plan for your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it separates the intentions of our heart. And so God, I pray that as we have dived deep into this uh, uh, understanding of where you've put us and in your creation of us and your design for us, God, I pray that you would correct uh, unhealthy ways that are in our heart, that you would correct unhealthy ideas of who you are and where you've put us. And Lord, I pray that we would be thankful for every season that we're in. God, I I pray that we would uh, be quick to obey everything you ask, uh, ask us to do in this season and in this moment, in this part of our lives. God, we thank you for where you've put us. Help us to listen to your commands. Help us to flee from Satan, to flee from sin and to draw near to you. God, we thank you that you have purpose in everything that we go through. Help us to see you in all of it. Thank you that your Holy Spirit doesn't just hover over us, but lives inside of us and can guide us into all truth. God, thank you for creating each one of us 
so specifically, so individually. Help us to hear your voice and your heart and to be quick to listen and obey all that you say. Jesus, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.